When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Thursdays here at Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and the show is live for you on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Can watch there, can follow along on the Hale Varsity Twitter handle as well at HVarsity Radio and in the StreamYard, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter and also ESPN. Uh, Lincoln's Facebook. A new coach to tell you about, Pete Thamel of ESPN.com reporting. Tony White will be, is to be, your new defensive coordinator for Nebraska. That name, we'll say right field because it's upstate New York versus way out of left field. But some research, some feverish research has been uh, done on Tony White. Uh, Thumbs up for what he's been able to do at Syracuse and some of his career stops. We will dive into that sadness in Louisville as Nebraska volleyball is done for the year. Just an epic match with Oregon. And so close to getting it done in the fourth set. So close. And and I'm not – I love volleyball. I respect the heck out of Cook and the program and the the team. I just don't know – I'm just being honest. I don't know volleyball as well as some others like Brandon Vogel. Uh, So Vogues will recap the season. Of course, he did uh, the John Cook biography, Dream Like a Champion. Vogue's going to be with us from uh, Hale Varsity from his football stronghold and volleyball stronghold in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, Really fun second hour. The in-depth, behind-the-scenes process to hire Deion Sanders from a man that was part of the search Coach Gary Barnett with this. We'll get Barney's take on uh, on on that, and and also just uh, what's been going on, and then we'll wind down hour two with uh, the Pirate. Mike Leach joins us. So, Coach Leach, uh, we'll see what kind of fun conversations we get into with uh, Mississippi State's head coach Mike Leach. Numbers to get in can join us right now on Hale Varsity Radio at four six six three seven. Seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. I am not done with Deion Sanders, Mister Matt Hansen. Uh, that is that is what's going to happen. If someone was part of the hiring process, we'll let them tell you the uh, starting point to the finish line. If you don't like it, put your fingers in your ears. We're starting with the new defensive coordinator. We're getting there. (laughs) Uh, When I hear uh, about a guy named Mr. White, well, I think of this. So you do have a plan. Yeah, Mr. White. 
Yes, science. Well, we'll see what type of science the three-three-five defense is. And so the rundown on, on Tony White, uh, he is a UCLA guy. He's from uh, Florida originally and then spent a lot of time with San Diego State Rocky Long. Okay. And he's, he's a disciple of that. The, the last three years at Syracuse have been really good uh, for what their team has gone from to where they are now. I think every Husker fan is going to be honed in on Syracuse versus Minnesota this bowl season to see how that defense stacks up against the RPO and the Minnesota MASH offense. Speed. Uh, agility and scheme are are all parts of this this defensive philosophy that makes it real special. And I think White was making just north of seven hundred thousand dollars. He's forty three years old. He's never coached with Matt Rule before. Uh, apparently, per Pete Thamel, he uh, he had multiple offers to be a coordinator somewhere. And you're you're giving up about 22 points a game. Syracuse was okay, uh, four and four in conference. But I want to emphasize that Syracuse was just okay at seven and five. They were great if they could have gotten some complimentary football, because their defense was was pretty special. He has had freshman All-Americans, and he's had all ACC performers, at least a couple of first or second teamers on defense. And from a recruiting standpoint, uh, just a little history here on Tony White. Tony White's been a, a, a G5 recruiter of the year twice when he was at San Diego State 2011-2013. He's a top five recruiter in the country named by rivals that honor to him in 2014 and he and he's climbed his way up from from San Diego State to Arizona State from Arizona State to Syracuse and he's been a major reason they have made the jump from 1 and 9 to uh bowling under Debo Bab- Dino Babbers so it's a nice get it's it's a rule hire as in he's 43 and he connects well with the kids. Elijah, you've done a little more research on the scheme here, and I've reached out to some coaches, and they're like, look, this defense is really hard to scheme on its face. You're like, okay, how does this work with a 3-3 uh, in, in the, well, n- not even front seven? How do you stop Michigan running the football? How do you stop Wisconsin running the football? How do you stop Minnesota, Iowa? Uh, I think the 3-3-5 is probably okay against USC and UCLA and Ohio State. Who knows what, what the schedule will look like in the future. But overall, you get the right pers- personnel, your defense can dictate. Well, the three three five on its face sounds like, well, that's not a fit for the Big Ten. And I'm not trying to defend it here because this hire actually to me is a little bit more of a head scratcher than Donovan Riola. And I'm not saying I think it's a bad hire. It just was so out of left field and such a, a change in scheme that it makes me go, okay, this, this doesn't really seem to fit with what Matt Rule was preaching in his, his press conference, aside from the fact that it's another young coordinator 
who is going to be looking to prove themselves is going to have that energy. It, it fits when it comes to him emphasizing speed. Well, yeah, yeah, and I, I'm getting there for a second. It, 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 this defense comes down to being pretty multiple. And at Syracuse, if you dive into the stats, they had more than three guys in the line of scrimmage for about 50% of their plays. And if you look at how the ACC works, like most conferences, about 50% of your your downs that you play as a defense total are, are rushing downs. Mm-hmm. So whenever it's a rushing down, for the most part, there's going to be four or five guys in the, on the line of scrimmage. It's just you're only going to have three guys with the hand in the dirt. And the, the three guys with the hand in the dirt, what is emphasized with those guys is speed over power. And that's been something that's been complained about, about this Husker defensive line for a couple of years now. It's, it's not a defense that is attempting to go mono e mono against some of these really physical Big Ten offensive lines. Will that work? I don't know. That remains to be seen. But how this, this defense likes to go and attack the run is uh, on rushing downs, have either four or five guys on the line of scrimmage. And then they want to be really interchangeable with those linebackers. All, all of those linebackers, three, and you could really argue four, that that fifth secondary member that is part of the the three three five mm-hmm. the fifth secondary member is very similar to the peso defense that Nebraska played back in 2010 where it's Eric Haig who is a guy who's almost a hybrid linebacker mm-hmm. slash secondary guy where on rushing downs he plays more like a linebacker on passing downs he's going to play more like uh, an underneath zone defender that that is got the speed of a Denver defensive back and again that comes back to the the interchangeability here all your linebackers they want to be able to blitz all your linebackers you want to be able to cover that rover guy is going to be able to play linebacker and safety and cornerback depending on the situation it's all built on this defense being very interchangeable and how it's going to stop the run is these three defensive linemen are going to have some sort of slant or a stunt just about every single play and then of those linebackers behind them the, the offensive line is not going to know who's coming who's blitzing until the snap has already happened so how this defense likes to stop the run and it's something you and I were talking about before the show Schmidt is it's not going mano mano it's not using power to go up against these power rushing attacks of the Big Ten it's trying to outsmart these these Big Ten offensive lineman and saying, you know what, you're going to see what we have six, seven guys in the box here, which there's almost always six, seven guys in the box in this defense. It comes down to who is going to be coming, who's going to be blitzing, and who's going to be dropping into a pass coverage. That That's what is this defense is predicated on, the fact that it's trying to keep an offense off balance. You don't know who you have to block because you don't know who's coming. And confusion is not the right word of what it's trying to do. Probably, probably slow him down. But yeah, it's, it's supposed to make fast. you think. It's supposed to make you, on the snap of the ball, make an offensive lineman think and go, wait, who do I have to block again here? I wasn't expecting that guy to blitz. There's always, pretty much in this defense, going to be more than three guys coming after the quarterback or trying to stop the run. The three-three-five is a little bit of a misnomer in that sense. It's just there's three down defensive linemen, and you're going to be bringing guys from all over the place. But it's it's built on speed, it's built on blitzing, and it's built on attacking an offense. That's what this defense is built on. Will it work in the Big Ten? The jury is still out for me here, but I think there is some potential if you can build the right pieces within this defense. Well, the, the personnel is always key, right? And you know, you look at Syracuse, they were really good at getting after the quarterback this year. They were number 16 nationally in sacks. Uh, they were number 19 against the pass. They were top 30 in total defense. They were 68th against the rush. And that's that's what is, is the question here. When I think of the ACC, who's a downhill, rugged run team? And I, I mean, Pitt wants to be. They are more so now than with post-Whipple era. Uh, Clemson's chuck it around. Miami's kind of chuck it around. I mean, uh, North Carolina, NC State. I mean, just just go through some of the teams. And I know football's more pass-happy. I know football's more seven-on-seven, except in the Big Ten. Okay? 
except in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan's king of the hill because they are great against the run and they are really good at running it. Uh, Ohio State, uh, just out athletes and out talents you. They've got five stars that are good dudes, but they're not, not, they're not what they once were on the line of scrimmage. Uh, and you look at uh, the, the basketball on grass that's existed in the SEC. It caught up with Tennessee, okay, uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, you look at Georgia. Georgia and Michigan are, are pretty much throwbacks, right? And, and listen, TCU's uh, more of a athletic defense than a uh, fire hydrant, you know, let's plug the run hole type, type defense. So you can get down a lot of different ways if you coach it right, you scheme it right, you tackle, and you put pressure on an offense. So I'm not throwing away a, a 3-3-5 scheme. Well, I, I, presumably that's what he brings with him. Uh, and you got to talk now about what fits um, what fits Nebraska's current personnel. And, and I look at the current personnel, and it seems like there's going to need to be a lot of turnover between now and next season, especially along the defensive line. It doesn't seem to fit up with what Syracuse has been doing, and maybe he's got a plan going to the Big Ten to try to make this 3-3-5 work with some bigger defensive linemen to try to stand up, but... Based on the history of the three-three-five, it doesn't suit guys like Ty Robinson. Doesn't suit guys like uh, Nash Hutmacher. Not that it can't. Not that it can't. But how the defense is built and how it's been executed at Syracuse—that is not a fit whatsoever. Even back at the linebacker position, a guy like Nick Henrich doesn't really seem to fit this defense very much. I mean, it. it is very, very focused on speed, especially at the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. And then your defensive line is supposed to be guys who can slant and who can stunt and who can really confuse an offensive line in that way, just in that, you know what, whenever you're, you've got a double team, you're going to be blocking somebody, he's going to slant right at you, you're not expecting that. And then when you're trying to get up to the linebacker, well, now that linebacker has blitzed, he's not where he was before the play. You don't know who you're going to be double teaming to now. That's, that's where the confusion comes in from an offensive line. And to do that, you need speed. It's a defense that benefits... Guys like Caleb Tanner. Caleb Tanner would be a great fit for this defense. Mm-hmm. Garrett Nelson, another good fit for this defense. I, I think back you to know be the best Casey, Casey Rogers. I know he transferred away after last season, but he's a guy that would have fit the 3-3-5. You know who would well. be the best fit for this 3-3-5? He's probably in Columbus, Nebraska right now. Ernest Hausman. Ernest Hausman. Yes. Think about Ernest Hausman in this defense. And uh, if I am... Uh, Tony White, Mr. White, as we call First him. First phone call I'm making. No, I'm I'm going there before I go meet Coach Rule. I'm like, hey, E, let's go hang out. Don't go anywhere. Don't go to Iowa. Uh, Butkus Witter, by the way, Jack Campbell for the University of Iowa. So that's your rundown. We'll get Vogue's take on Nebraska's new defensive coordinator, Tony White, Mr. White, as we call him. And... Um, the thing is, is I think this this guy's a really good teacher where this sounds like uber confusing and do I have my assignment down? Can I play fast? That type of thing. Okay. You saw guys thinking too much up to Oklahoma this year. And then you saw Bush tear it down and just say, go do your job, go hit somebody, go make a tackle, go play fast. And you saw the defense shave off a, a, a touchdown a game. Okay. So no, this but here, this is this is a, a higher rule, did his homework. He touched base with a lot of people. And he's like, okay, everyone's coming back to the fact that this dude's really good. He's really young. 
and he has been to, to different stops and spots, and and he's he's a recruiter first. I mean, he's been a, a dynamite recruiter where he's at. He's uh, been a a reason they've gone bowling this year because of what the defense has done. The offense at Syracuse right now is ranked ninetieth in the country. So, uh, and I think you look at all these names and pieces. There's several recruits. Uh, that I think could fit. But ultimately, Nebraska's offense and defense is going to be based on speed. We we talk every week with Coach McBride, and he has said it a lot. you got to be faster. And Nebraska, to, to their credit, when they were great, they were a little unique. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of dudes in the middle, be it a, a Christian and Jason Peter or a Terry Keneally, but they had some some just beasts off the edge that were fast, more of the outside backer with their hand in the dirt, and then they had safeties as outside backers. Well, this is going to re- resemble that somewhat with speed, with being downhill, with playing aggressive. What, what worries me is the fact that it's relatively unproven within the Big Ten. Well, uh, you know what? Maybe, dare I say it, the Big Ten will have to adjust to the 3-3-5. Three, three, oh, no. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time at Hale Varsity on a Thursday, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Mike Leach in one hour, and uh, Coach Barnett kicks off hour two. We welcome in author with John Cook, managing editor with Hale Varsity, Brandon Vogel with us at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. He is in his football slash volleyball office. We need a, a Wilson with uh, some fake, you know, blood palm. Uh, to the right of of Vogues's football he got from Bear Bryant. Uh, Vogues, uh, listen, we'll start with volleyball before we get into to Mr. White, the new defensive coordinator. And what a, what an effort, what a match, what a year for Nebraska. But it, it feels so weird to talk about the season being done before an Elite Eight or Final Four. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, through... <clears throat> three sets of that match, you looked at Oregon's hitting percentage and Nebraska was kind of executing its plan, had a pretty good edge, you know, had a chance to win that second set and and didn't. And then of course the the fourth set was kind of an epic and in Oregon, I think hit over 400 in that set and then over 500 in, in set five, which was, uh, you know, a a route we don't see very often (laughs) against Nebraska. So Tough way for it to end. Uh, Nebraska had its chance to to kind of put that match away at a couple different spots, I thought, and, and wasn't able to get it done. Um, you know, the loss of Kenzie Knuckles was tough. We we knew that when it happened. We knew that after watching their first two matches against good teams, tournament teams in Minnesota and Wisconsin, um, immediately after that. And, you know, that without her and, and the shock that that, I think gave them when it happened, this, this might've been about kind of the the level they were at, um, which, you know, isn't saying anything bad against about Nebraska. I don't think it's just kind of sometimes those injuries are exceptionally ill-timed. And I think that was the case here for the Huskers. Then the thing about this match today, Brandon uh, today is that in the fourth set, it really looked like the Huskers were were on their way to victory whenever it it was battling late and they had a couple chances at set points. And, I mean, we can all assume that the team is going to be thinking back on that set in those last few points uh, with a lot of regret this offseason. But what was your take as you were watching? I really felt like the Huskers were about to put this thing away. 
Yeah, it did. My my take is uh, the Big Ten Network apparently thought the Huskers had put it away because they tweeted that Nebraska advanced. And I was like, it was, is my stream that far behind as this was like a 26-26 match? Um, the Huskers did not advance. So uh, I blame the Big Ten Network. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> You know, it, that's the thing. It's, it's Cook's mantra. It, you know, he's really emphasized it this year. It was something we talked about when, when doing the book, two points better. And when you get up into the to these rounds of the NCAA tournament, when you play NCAA tournament teams, that's, that's what it comes down to. And you just kind of got to find a way. And, and Nebraska wasn't able to this time. You know, the defense, I mean – those hitting percentages that Oregon hit in those last two sets, you don't see very often against, against Nebraska um, and credit, credit to the ducks, I guess on, on that front. Brandon Vogel with us from HailVarsity.com and magazine. And of course, uh, co-author with John cook dream, like a champion uh, in stores for your holiday picks. Uh, of course, with, Hail Varsity subscriptions. GBR is the code HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe. So let's switch gears and and talk defensive coordinator, Vogues. And where was Tony White or or Mr. White on your bingo card? Was he on your bingo card? He, he was not. Um, you know, I... I like to think I'm pretty up to speed on kind of some of the, the coordinators, at least maybe not position position coaches who are, who are kind of bubbling up and making a name for themselves. And, you know, my reaction to the Tony white news was wait a second, who again? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that's not a bad thing. Cause I mean, I've, I've gotten acquainted since then and I'll, I'll, I'll blame some of my bias against watching games in the carrier dome on this. I, I haven't watched a ton of Syracuse football over the past couple of seasons, but, um, you know, he kind of comes from the, the Rocky long tree spent nine years at San Diego state. I think he was recruited by long at UCLA and Rocky longs a coach I've long respected, particularly on the defensive side. So that's a pretty good recommendation right there. He's, he's a little bit of a younger coach, relatively speaking, you know, in, in coaching terms, I haven't dug into his recruiting a whole lot yet, but you've seen some comments out there that he, he excels on that front. So I think this is a kind of exciting and potentially energetic hire. You got the feeling, you know, and we talked about this earlier, what does it mean that Phil Snow isn't already here? And, you know, the, the writing was kind of on the wall with that. And you've got a big salary pool. You, you kind of go out and take a swing. I, w- I would say White is one of those guys who might be – more respected amongst his industry peers than he is a household name, like say a, a Jim Leonard. Um, and that's okay. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit more intriguing on that front if less of maybe a sure thing, but his track record is, is pretty impressive from what I've been able to garner so far. Well, you uh, go down the comments here from Jordan, from Curtis uh, to Brennan. <laughs> and that's kind of our knee jerk take Again, we don't coach nor do we recruit. Our job's to talk about it, but there's a little freakout going on. There's a freakout going on with Riola retention. There's a freakout going on with a three-three-five, and Michigan lining up with three tight ends to murder you. So, folks, let's let's talk both of these things out while we got you. First, the three-three-five and sticking with Mister White. 
and I just imagine a fedora, a mustache, and, and black shades. That's going to be his uh, his his own little black shirt spin. It can work with the anything can work with the right personnel, right? Uh, that's I guess my take. Let's let's see it work. But your take on on the three three five part B of this is Raiola and uh, rolling his sleeves up with this offensive line. Yeah, anything can work with right personnel. Anything can work if you just execute what you're doing better than what your opponent is able to do, which really, when you get right down to it, I think is, you know, if you wanted to put an umbrella over why Nebraska has been what it's been, it's it's that. And it's not a very exciting answer. It's kind of a coach answer. But, <laughs> you know, they say that all the time. Coach votes. But it's. But it's also it's also really true, and I I understand you know the the three three five uh, it doesn't seem like a natural fit. It's not what you think of classically with the Big Ten, but you know up until this year, and and I've long thought it's it's easier to identify kind of scheme pieces of things with offense than it is defense, because really it kind of starts and ends defensively with are you a four three, are you a three four, are you a three three five. Um, Nebraska played a lot of time prior to this with three down linemen. So that's not the issue. Like, are, is, is the difference really that the title of it has a fifth defensive back instead of a fourth, a fourth linebacker? Because those things are all blurred in, in today's college football. So I get the apprehension. Um, I don't think it's a non-starter for me. Well, Brendan, I think the the pro to the three three five and what what it was kind of built to do is the fact that it's very multiple and you can really adjust to what the offenses are doing very well with this defense because there's a lot of interchangeability throughout the second and third level where guys can kind of fill different roles based on body types types and that's what this recruiting and, and roster flip has to kind of be for the defense is to find some guys that can be interchangeable in that back end. But I don't think a lot of people realize that this three three five defense it, it's. First of all, not going to have just three guys along the lines of scrimmage based on what he did at Syracuse, Coach White. You have four and five guys along the lines of scrimmage a lot and only three down linemen, but you, you still pack the box just a little bit. And this defense was originally created to, to stop the emergence of the, the pro style in the late 90s, the, the early 2000s. It, it has a history in, in first stopping the run and then still being able to stop the pass. So I don't think that the 3-3-5 the three, three, moniker, which initially sets off warning bells of, oh, only three down linemen. It's going to get absolutely run over in the Big Ten. I don't think that's necessarily fair for this defense. I, I, I would agree. And, you know, a lot of it does, uh, to Chris's point, too, depend on personnel. If you're five in that 3 3 five is JoJo Doman, you can do a lot of things, right? Um, and, I mean, and, and, and we saw that at, at Nebraska, which I guess at that point was nominally – three four that spent a lot of time in nickel because they had someone like jojo doman who could allow them to get into a bunch of different things i mean which a, a three a three four in nickel is essentially a three three five mm-hmm. it is yes yeah, especially is. with a guy like and, doman that, are, that that erases everything for you mm-hmm. yes um so and, and everybody in college football is looking for those guys they're tough to find um and nebraska you know it's not that it put itself in in a disadvantageous position it's just you're gonna have to compete and i mean there's no spot in my mind in the recruiting world that's more competitive than defensive line um you're looking for slightly different body types with three down versus four down um 
but you are looking for one less if, if that's a positive. I mean, so much of defense and so much of football in general, I think when you look at it, it seems that win conference titles, teams that win national titles, it's, it's just about physicality. It's less about scheme. I understand, like, I'm super intrigued by scheme. It's fun to talk about, but when you get down to it, like, are you more physical than, than your opponent? And, and Nebraska hasn't been for a while. And that's going to define the Huskers defensively going forward much more than however they align at the snap. Brandon Vogel with us from Hale Varsity, managing editor and uh, author, co-author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. A lot, a lot of comments coming in from YouTube. Uh, Terry says, hopefully White can change the D to fit the players. Mike says, where'd these $7 million go? <laughs> All of these assistants combined are worth $3 million tops. Our friend Chad in Hastings emails in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. I could be mistaken, but doesn't Iowa State and Coach Campbell run a three-three-five? They do. It's they, different. It's different. They seem to be able to stand up to, uh, to Iowa pretty well, but that's only one Big Ten opponent. Without divisions moving forward, you're going to have to be able to. We got to stop the high flying attack that USC is going to have, just the same as you have to stop Michigan. You know who did that? Utah. What's Utah run, Vogues? I don't know off the top of my head. If they run a three-three-five, we're, we're all okay. We're all high-fiving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Vogues, real quick, about twenty seconds. What's coming up from you and Hale Varsity? Uh, this weekend and beyond. I know busy recruiting and, and volleyball's on your guys' mind. Yep, busy recruiting weekend coming up. Uh, December issue goes to print on Monday, which, you know, of course will be largely devoted to Coach Rule, the assistant hires. Um, Brady Oltman's staff writer has, I think, uh, a pretty exciting story about just Rule's, kind of the formative parts of his career in State College as a high school player. I took kind of a deep dive at what was a banner year, I think, for year one coaches in 2022 and what's fair to expect right away for Nebraska. So uh, if you're not a subscriber, get in now to make sure you get that December issue. GBR, save 10 bucks on the subscription. HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Vogues will talk Saturday morning. Thank you. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back to you, Hail Varsity. Busy second hour. So, just to lay it out, Gary Barnett will be with us, get his take on the world of college football hires and all that good stuff, and then we'll we'll talk some recruiting with Mike Leach and just get weird with the Pirate around 525. So stay tuned for that. can stream us different ways, and you're invited to subscribe to the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. can watch the show live Monday through 
Saturdays, quite honestly, on that channel. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, two different ways to, to watch the show on Twitter at HVarsity Radio, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed. That's also where you can uh, wake up in the morning and catch Damon and Andrew. Coffee and cream, phenomenal show. Uh, get your morning started the, the right way with some sports. When speaking of coffee and cream, I want to give a shout out to them for inspiring us on this uh, this YouTube live stream. And if you guys like the live stream, if you don't like the live stream, give us some feedback. This is new for us this week, but uh, I will trim my nose hair this weekend. They uh, they started doing that last week though, and I had a couple people reach out to me and say, "Hey, it would be awesome if Hale Varsity Radio was on the live stream." And we worked through some uh, some behind the scenes issues and are now live streaming on YouTube. So if you like that. Drop a review, give us some feedback. Uh, we do the show for you, and we'll uh, we'll make adjustments as necessary if you guys think they're necessary. So. Facebook Live also with ESPN Lincoln and uh, the ESPN Lincoln Twitter, and so yeah, that's where we're at. So let's ballpark this. We spent the the first part of this hour a little bit of volleyball. We'll have John Cook's uh, opening comment here before this hour's done. But open the phones up for you here till five, and what's your what's your take here? What is your reaction as a Nebraska fan here with the uh, the higher knee-jerk reaction is what with Tony White, the new defensive coordinator? Are you, uh-oh, are you in the camp of, I don't know that this three-three-five sounds good for the Big Ten? Or are you like, you know, it's new, it's different, it's, it's rule, so let's give it a shot and give it some time. And I think... The way things have have rounded out with him, this is all new. Something different had to be done. Uh, And this is different. This is a guy that that Rule's never worked with before, but he's been well-respected. He's with a a coaching, well, at least a defensive coaching tree that's well-respected. Moonbot says Yant leaving really hurts. And I'm confused with the defensive coordinator. Well, I, want to get, I want to get into that for just a second sure. because Vogue said something that that really resonated with me, and it's something that I've believed through my football watching career the, the entire way. And that's that any defense can work if properly executed and properly tinkered with to to fit whatever team you're playing. Any mm-hmm. defense can work. The question in my mind, which makes me scratch my head just a little bit, is the fact that Matt Rule came into this introductory press conference and said he's a line of scrimmage guy and he's a guy who believes in physicality. And I'm not saying this defense isn't physical, but it's not meant to go up physically mano a mano against really, really big offensive lines. Mm-hmm. That's not how it's built. It's built to attack those offensive lines with speed and make them think and kind of disrupt their game plan in that way. So it doesn't quite line up with what Matt Rule said he wanted to bring to the team in the press conference. And it makes me wonder, similar to the, what we were talking about with Ryola yesterday, was Tony White choice number one to be defensive coordinator? Or is this someone that Matt Rule ended up settling on because guys like Phil Snow said no and guys like uh, Jim Schumann, Leonard. Jim Leonard. Did all these guys say no and now you're Collins. settling on Tony White? There's a lot of names that were out there and it, it doesn't quite seem to line up with what he said he wanted in the press conference. Well, there's different ways to skin a cat. Right. And sure. well, there, there is. And I know what we're used to is uh, just lines of scrimmage and the trench warfare and bodies smacking into one another. And that's not been real good for or gone real well for Nebraska. Think about the, the three yard quarterback sneaks that have that have, that have existed this year. Right. Where you have 300 pound dudes that are insane in the weight room, get blown off the ball because they're not low enough they they're they're not low man so it's it's odd it's different but i'm not saying it can't work but i don't think rules the type of guy to to walk in 
and, and think he knows it all. I think he studied this job and he can try, stop me if you've heard this b- before, his way of doing things and, and be different like Purdue's offense is different, right? Like you look at Ohio State and Penn State, their offense I wouldn't categorize as smash mouth. They're more finesse and nine times out of ten you can't beat them. Uh, so, you, I'm not, and I'm not saying Nebraska needs to live in the finesse world, but it's going to be a new world without divisions. It is. So, does does the division shake up three years from now? Does this style, assuming things are going okay and Nebraska's going bowling again and um, Nebraska's not been a liability or uh, afraid of complimentary football, Say you get one of the California schools, say you got to gear up against Iowa, say you get Wisconsin, uh, say you get uh, Michigan. Yeah, senior year Caleb Williams at USC lighting you up for, or lighting everyone up in the Big Ten for 400 passing yards a game. Or, or you get senior year Caleb Williams with uh, seven pounds of ice on his body <laughs> because he's played Utah eight weeks in a row. I'll just say, I don't think he's still going to be in college no, coming senior year, but you never know. He will. He will not. I just want to throw one thing out there here, and that's that Nebraska has essentially run this defense before, and something I said back in segment one, that 2010 peso defense, Eric Haig, if you remember, that was a 4-2-5, which is essentially a 3-3-5 with a linebacker mm. walk down on the line of scrimmage. That's essentially what Nebraska had back in 2010. If you remember, I that love the 2010 defense, defense, was, defense great. was great. You know why it was great? Because you had Eric Haig, you had Fonzie, mm-hmm. you had Prince, and I'm fairly certain he had a guy named Levante. Yeah, Jared Crick. And Jared Crick. Uh, I believe he also had a younger Baker Steincooler. He did. Baker was a good ball player. So uh, And P.J. Smith was, was that safety. young starting safety? Was uh, that his first year starting? I think you had, was was Gomes still around or no? No, he's, his last year was 2009. Okay. I think it was P.J. Smith's first year starting. But you had Haig. Mm-hmm. No, you had, I mean, you had Levante and you had Eric Haig. And then you had Fonzie and, and Prince. But if, if, if you want to scheme for what you, what yeah, I think, Crick. for what I think this Nebraska defense might look like once it reaches its final form and you get the guys in, that 2010 defense is probably a pretty good indicator. It's stylistically very similar, and they even have the the peso defender, which is what the rover is in the three three five, and it's been called mm-hmm. different things. It's pretty much a three three five that Bo Pelini kind of tinkered with to make it fit with what Nebraska's personnel had. And mm-hmm. They call it the peso, and that that peso defender has a different name pretty much everywhere you go at. New Mexico State, it was called the Lobo for a whole bunch of mm-hmm. years. And then at Nebraska, it was the Peso, as I said. At Syracuse, uh, Tony White calls it the uh, the Rover, which is what it's called a lot of places. That's what it boils down to. That that's the Rover position. It kind of does a lot of things for the defense. But, Nebraska, but Nebraska's pretty much run this defense before, and you wouldn't think that when you see the 3 through 5 that Nebraska's run this defense with success, but they pretty much have, and there's some basis. That was in the Big 12, slightly mm-hmm. different conference, and that's whenever the Big 12 kind of started to move more towards the air raid run-and-gun type offenses that we're seeing more recently in the Big 12, but it's worked at Nebraska before, and we'll see how it matches up in the Big 10. We haven't really seen it war- run to that extent within the Big 10 conference to date. Uh, quick thought, too, with this staff that's being assembled. You've got guys that are, a lot of them are extremely excellent recruiters. They're young, they're energetic, they Look for a, a fit versus a star. And I think that's something to think about, too. While it may not look flashy and sexy, uh, maybe they just know what they want and know how to get a player to 
be pretty good in uh, the right amount of time. So there's several years of, of good football. TCU, Iowa State, they run a version of a 3 3 5. A wind down hour one on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. And a reminder to get buckled up this holiday season. Buckle up now. We got all sorts of uh, freezing rain outside that's just gross. So grab the hockey stick and ice skates and be safe on the way home. Uh, buckle up. Using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. The message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Jeff uh, emails in, or I should say chimes in on the StreamYard, and we can see your comments, and we get to as many as we can. We got a ton of them, and we thank you for them. Yeah, he's like, what? whatever defense and offense rule puts in, he has eight years to recruit to and, and build to it. I think that that that's a very fair take. Well, what's really important here, though, especially when I look at the defense today, is this can't be a musical chair situation with your defensive coordinator. The three three five, at least I think, in my opinion, and I'm not a football coach, I'm not Coach White coming in and, and building this defense, I think it's going to take a, a pretty – I don't want to say monumental shift, but there's going to be have to be a change in recruiting philosophy along the defense. You have to get some different types of guys in there, and this can't be a situation where you try to make this work for three years, it doesn't work, and then you install a more traditional 4-3 type. That's going to take so many years off your defense, and the transfer portal, yeah, it opens up some things to turn over uh, your, your roster a little bit quicker, but I don't think this can be a, a failed experiment. If you fail with this 3-3-5, it's going to be... Nebraska's defense down the dumps back. for years. It's gonna it's gonna be a a bad bad I don't want to say omen, but just a, a bad sign for Matt Rule's entire tenure at Nebraska. So if if this is a gamble that Matt Rule's making here with the three three five, he better get it right because I do worry about what what a failed three three five will leave you in order to try to go back to a more traditional four three within the Big Ten. You're gonna have your your peaks and valleys with uh, system and personnel, and uh, you need to hit the ground running and, and be competent with whatever you're doing. And I think Nebraska... And, and there's going to take a little time to build up to it, but at least with the Syracuse side of things, by year three, they were they were really good. I think, like, case in point, when you're talking peso and uh, dream scenario, dream scenarios having uh, an NFL guy at every level like you did in 09 and have a, a an all-time great that can affect the game. I mean... That's what you may have with these this pool of assistants. Go get some dudes. They can turn into some great players. And I think Nebraska could have some pieces within this defense that, that could be a fit in the three three five moving forward. And then you can go hit the transfer portal to try to make it work a little bit faster. But if you can keep Garrett Nelson around for another year, he fits the three three five really well. O'Shawn Mathis, same story with mm-hmm. him. Faster, the ability to stunt. That's going to be so important for the defensive line. But then I look interior, and the guys that you have in there, Stephon Wynn, uh, Ty Robinson, Nash Hutmacher, none of those guys seem to fit what this this defense is trying to become. So I wonder if there's well, going to be some 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 additions there, which you need additions there with how thin it's been. But then you're going to need some changes in body type too. I think Ty Robinson could maybe eventually get there, but the way his body is constructed right now, it does not seem like a match for the three three five. You, you need splash plays. I mean, too many times you're taking punches instead of giving them. And to Ty's credit, I mean, there were some splash plays there and Feast as well. I mean, they would hit, hit some TFLs, but too many times it wasn't the case. Chad emails in Chris at AleVarsity.com. Who knows what the Big Ten's going to look like in, in a few years? That's a great point. I mean, it's true, right? Because 
Wisconsin just hired an air raid offensive coordinator. Well, and, and that's why I think we got to the point we got to in the first segment that this defense is able to stop multiple different types of offenses. It might not be stifling against all those offenses, but it's able to conform itself to to be able to better. Don't than stop don't them. suck. <laughs> okay, don't <laughs> suck on defense and get in line. Everyone's getting run over by Michigan. It's not a you thing. It's a Michigan thing. Coach Barnett's on the way. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, we head out to, well, Buff Land, Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett back with us. Coach, how's your week been with uh, with Coach Prime and company, man? Well, it's as you uh, can tell, there's been a buzz in Boulder and in the entire state, and actually nationally, Chris, it's been... Um, you know, I'm just sitting in the, the at the golf shop yesterday, or and just you know, after a round, I'm looking up, and the, the only things on TV are uh, Deion Sanders, Colorado, et cetera. I mean, we haven't had this kind of buzz in a long, long time, <clears throat> and you know, it's it's there's probably a good week of it for sure, but it's um, you know, I think we knew uh, in the process that. The only guy who could really uh, shake things up at, quickly would be uh, Coach Sanders, and uh, he certainly has lived up to every piece of that. Gary Barnett with us, Coach. I've been anxious. I always love talking with you each week. This week, though, can you give us a, a look or a peek behind the curtain with this process? Uh, I, I know that You've been leaned on for advice and some confidence uh, with Colorado football administrators, people who know football, uh, rightfully so, trust your take on things. And kind of go from starting point to, to finish line with Dion as much as you can share. Um, well, you know, I think um... – the, when the process started, uh, there were probably 30, 40 names out there that that uh, the guys on the committee, um, of which there were three, uh, brought to the table, and then they started to be discussed. And in that <clears throat> in that discussion, uh, Rick George, the athletic director, said, "By the way, I I got a uh, call from Deion Sanders's agent." And my take was, Rick, uh, there's going to be a lot of people get calls from Dion's agent. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, let's let's just see what happens with this thing. So the next 
week after some of the names have been sorted out and uh, moved along and started to process, Rick says, uh, I think I'm going to go see Deion Sanders. And, um, you know, we just sort of thought, okay. Uh, but at the same time, Coach Rule was involved. And, and I think uh, Rick also wanted to talk to Matt Rule. And, and then we had a number of other people in the process. And so all of a sudden now it's, it's the uh, middle of November. And uh, uh, guess what? We're, Rick says, I, I think we got a chance to get this guy. And so I think everybody on the committee agreed that he would be the number one pick. But we certainly had to have a number two because figured, they figured the competition was going to be pretty heavy and anything could happen. And the last week when all the firings come up, you know, things you can't predict, all of a sudden there's jobs available you know, that might appeal to him. But also it means that there's guys available that, that may appeal to us. So mm-hmm. just, the process just sort of kept going. And then, uh, you know, he's got a championship game to play and gives us indications that he's he's going to come to Colorado. And, and uh, Rick says, well, <laughs> I can't wait another eight days. My fan base will kill me. Mm-hmm. And and Rick called me and he, and he says, what what should I do? And I said, you know, I got a job offered just prior to the Rose Bowl, and they told me, and it was a really, really big job. And I said, they wanted me to make a decision before the Rose Bowl. And I said, you know, even if I if I do want to come, I can't do. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'm walking out on this football team after what we've all been through. So you just have to find somebody else. And I said, I, you know, I understand what he's saying to you here, and so. You know, we've gone this far, let's go another week. So we did, plays the game, and then, of course, everything started to come out, and it wasn't any big surprise that that he came after the game because during that week, all sorts of things started happening, many of which I didn't know anything about, but he was calling He was calling recruits. He was preparing to really come, and he, he showed up, and off we go, and we're on the ride of our lives right now. Kerry Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio, the process of Coach Prime. Do you, have you spoken with Dion? Did you have any communication with him? Has he reached out to you at all? Do you know him at all? I do not know him. We have not uh, talked. Uh, I am going to meet with him in the end of December for a while. And, uh, but no, you know, he, he's got his own deal going. I mean, he's got a machine. Chris, I mean, they were way ahead of everybody on NIL and the portal uh, and social media. And, I mean, it's it's a well-oiled machine. He's a smart dude. He surrounds himself with really smart people. So, no, it's it's up and running. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I was maybe going to hang it up and not broadcast this year, but I can't pass this up. You know, shoot, as long as I can put a sentence together, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it again. So, uh, that you know, he's he's got his thing going, and as he says, when he walked into that press conference, he says, "You smell that." So that's not cologne; that's confidence. So. <laughs> he is gifted with with gab, but the oh my gosh, the thing that's 
nice about him is he might he might have uh, all sorts of swag, but he is rooted in old school, Coach. I mean, he's a throwback football coach, isn't he? I mean, at least how he runs things. Yep, he is, Chris. He, as he says, I'm, I may look like an old fool, but I'm old school. So, yeah, I mean, in his first meeting, he says, next time we meet, there'll be no hoodies, no earrings, no cell phones. You're going to sit up in your chair, no hats. And uh, that's the way it's going to be. And so um, if you really want to see what he's about, go watch his meeting with the Jacksonville, Jackson State team after the game when he tells them he's leaving. Mm-hmm. That, that is one of the most masterful, beautiful moments. Uh, you know, when you have to leave a team, it's so hard. I just wish I could have done a third mm. as well as he did when I did, and I had to do that. But that, that'll show you what this team feels about him and how he feels about them. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. The other name you mentioned in the buff search was Matt Rule. Was he pretty high on the list? And, and how many how many different suitors do you think were after uh, after Rule? Or do you do you have any clue? I don't have any clue. I, you know, we didn't worry about everybody else, but uh, we we uh, we were very interested in Matt. And um, you know, I, I think his interest wasn't as high as ours, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, you know, our discussions were that he, he thought he was going to sit out a year. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's where it got left. Well, it, and it really sounds like he was going to and then it it flipped 180 i mean he really missed football i think he'd had enough of <laughs> not doing anything <laughs> you know and uh, and wanted to get yeah. back at it and good job by trev so there's been blowback this week because this is one big soap opera still and i love nebraska but uh donovan riola donnie uh, the old uh, wisconsin center and who was brought in last year to be uh, the off- the new offensive line coach is the only member of the former staff that's been retra- retained. There's a lot of blowback with that, but coach, I'm interested with uh, w- with your take here on on Riola. I think it's tough to judge or or blame per se Nebraska's offensive line play on 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 Donnie on Coach Riola. I know it's his job. But there's a lot of different circumstances going on. I don't know that he and Whipple were a great fit, and you had injuries. So these aren't excuses. I think this is a reality. And, and Matt Rule likes to, to hire young guys and help mold people. Uh, were you a coach like that? What's your, what's your reaction? What's your take with what Coach Rule can do in, uh, in, in lockstep with Riola to make that offensive line better for Nebraska? Well, I think the the relationship between quarterback coach or OC, offensive coordinator and line coach is the most critical relationship <clears throat> on the team. And um, I know when Sean Watson and Dave Borberly were working together, it was like magic, man. I mean, mm-hmm. they were just so in lockstep. And both were really good coaches. Both were detailed coaches. Um, um, Borbs was a real technician players loved him um and so and then they teamed up again at louisville and when they were at louisville they were they were killing it and um so 
I know that relationship is really critical. And um, so Matt, Matt has, Matt, I'm sure has a feel for that. Mm-hmm. And so whether there was a problem between coach Whipple and, and Dominic, I'm, I'm not sure. I have no idea, but, but I, I do know that that, that relationship is critical. And I, as I hired line coaches, I really wanted to listen carefully to what my offensive coordinator said, because all my, all my staff was always in on the hiring. So, and they all went out and played basketball at noon without me. And they met with him without me. And um, I, I just wanted, I didn't want any surprises for the new guy. And I wanted their input on the whole thing. So that's pretty much the way I operated. I, I didn't care how old they were. I didn't care about mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. I just wanted to know if they could pick up blitzes and if, if they could relate to players and if they were technicians and knew what they were doing. And, and the relationship with the offensive coordinator became really important. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, the coaching carousel continues. Uh, Jim Leonard sounded like he was going to stick and stay with uh, with Wisconsin. He is now on the market. Do you think if you're Purdue, I know it's a 180 from Brom, if you're Purdue, do you try and go get uh, Coach Leonard or do you, do you look elsewhere here? What's, what, what's your uh, take on Leonard and where he may land next? You know, all this stuff is so unpredictable, and it comes down to relationships and who you know, and and not so much who you know as to whether you get the job or not, but mm-hmm. who you know whether you're interested in the job or not. So, um, <clears throat> And I'm sure the other comes into play too. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, everybody's got a, a better feel for Coach Leonard than I do. I just see him from afar watched him play in the NFL and have watched his defenses and I've been impressed with him. And so I, I'm not sure what's out there and what's the best place for Jim, but if he's, if he wants to be a head head coach, there certainly is the Purdue thing, um, you know, and then Purdue's got to decide whether they're going to go with somebody who's already been a head coach. And of course, Jim's experience here and the, as an interim is critical. I mean, that's really good experience. Just, just like coach Joseph's was, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jim's certainly got a good reputation in the Big Ten, and it would make sense. But you know, I'm, you know, you know, I didn't want anybody telling us who we should hire, and I'm certainly not going to put myself in that <laughs> position for somebody else. <laughs> no, I get it. Everyone's got a take, right? So, Brom to Louisville. Uh, what What do you think of that? Uh, well, I, I was watching uh, uh, the Purdue uh, Michigan mm-hmm. game, and I heard, you know. Um, I don't know whether Gus was throwing a little jab at Dion or not, but uh, they were they were talking about Brom and how 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 uh, 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 he was by staying at home, how you know staying at Purdue and not going to Louisville last time, and you know he's loyal. <laughs> and then, oh, not so fast. <laughs> he, he up and changes. So um, uh, you know he's going home. I understand it. I get that. You know, the, the only place I was going to leave Northwestern for was Colorado. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, because that was home. So, I get it totally. I got to ask you, how much red is going to be in the stands on September 9th? I don't think they're letting anybody in, to tell you the truth. They're, they're going to screen you, uh, first of all. And, uh, <laughs> no, I, everybody's looking forward to that game. Everybody and two new coaches. I mean, how about the hype on that? Oh, they're already trying to get game day there, and who knows? I mean, we're opening up with TCU and down oh, there. Wow. So, uh, 
Yeah, so we've got a heck of a schedule already. Man, so I've been pulling along. This this trip has grown. We're going to be out in Boulder again. We were out there in 2019 and was out there with family and did just a lot of fun shows, right? We were we were a ways from, from Folsom, but I may uh, uh, tap into you as far as a closer uh, water and hold to, to set up with. But we're going to rent a Sherman tank. Mike Babcock's driving it. Uh, just so none of our vehicles get damaged, Coach. And we're Jay Moore's coming with us. All right, he's our muscle. And then uh, oh yeah, you got some muscle there. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then uh, Matt Schick, Buff Grad, proud ESPN man, is is going to jump on board with us. And then I told everybody we're we're coming to your house for ribs. Uh, that sounded like it <laughs> sounded like a good plan. Yeah, well, I'll get back to you on that. (laughs) (laughs) He's not taking my calls, folks. Uh, I'm kidding. I I can't wait for it. It'll be good. Coach, we'll uh, talk again. Thanks for the time today. All right, Chris. Great being with you. Good stuff from Coach Barnett. We'll get a little bit more time with him on, on Coach White next week. Buckle up. The Pirate, Mike Leach, next on Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. Promo code GBR. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you to Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. And uh, we welcome in the head pirate, Coach Mike Leach from Mississippi State. Coach, we got some, some freezing rain today in eastern Nebraska. How you doing? You know, back when I was in Iowa and I didn't have any money. I'd go, I had a 79 Cadillac DeVille and I'd go out there and it would be covered. It looked like a, a sheet of glass. The whole thing covered with a sheet of glass. Trouble is you couldn't get a key in anything. You couldn't get anything to move. We eventually get an extension cord and a hair dryer and try to melt the keyhole and even that was slow duty. Well, have you, have you heard what they do in Alaska where they'll, they'll actually go build a fire underneath their car to get everything dethawed? It's Seriously? Longer. Yeah. I've always wondered about that a little bit. I mean, isn't that how you blow up a car? <laughs> like if you watch movies and stuff? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, of course, if you watch movies, a couple things on movies, and I think they're transitional, like, uh, you know, just vehicles to move around or eliminate characters. But, you know, you got these cars, which we're driving them around all the time, and they get in wrecks all the time. But, you know, in these movies, if you, if you hit a car wrong, it'll just immediately blow up. Um, as in, you know, well, any car that goes off a cliff, of course, blows up. And then, um, and so, you know, they're awfully combust- combustible. It's like, you know, driving something fueled by nitroglycerin. If it's on a movie, okay. Then the other thing that they love to do is uh, anytime you need to eliminate a character or need a character to pause, you conk him on the head and knock him out for a little bit. And he passes out for whatever allotted time you need. 
and then of course he'll get up again and uh you know main characters may get knocked out several times while still prevailing in the end and then uh of course villains will get knocked out until you can get past them or whatever's convenient you know but the knocking out and yet uh you know, people come back um, <clears throat> bright and perky and letting it rip. You know, yeah. I think the con- I think the concussion protocol people uh, need to meet with the movie people and uh, <laughs> figure out how to recover uh, in the fashion they do in movies. Mike Leach with us, Sale Varsity Radio, head coach, Mississippi State. The the extension cord and hair dryer, a '79 Cadillac, dealing with uh, ice and rain. Man, uh, we've gone a lot of spots already. It's it's awesome to, to spend time with you. You gave us, we are ready to pack up and take off for Ireland, which we did to start the season. And you gave us the uh, the art of swearing. We love that last conversation. Uh, I want to stick with the driving topic. You have kids. They've all had their license. Did you do most of the driver's ed in the family or... Did you stay away from uh, from teaching kids how to drive? Uh, I did some, you know, because I wouldn't, like, okay, so my wife on the driver's ed thing, she'll sit in the passenger side, mm-hmm. but she's constantly st- uh, stomping on an imaginary brake <laughs> on her side and uh, probably damaging the floorboard as she's constantly slamming her foot into the, floor of the passenger side and <clears throat> she doesn't have the temperament uh, to drive with uh, <clears throat> new drivers. I didn't have a problem with it, you know, I mean, I didn't want to hit anything, obviously, but uh, um, you know, I wouldn't get rattled and said, say, it'd be like, alright, you gotta turn sooner. <laughs> uh, you better slow down, you know, I, I just kind of inform them, just kind of one helpful tip, not a constant dialogue like my wife stop turn no no you got to look at that we'll look right and left and then no stop stop stop." you know it wasn't like that it'd be like uh it'd be like that wasn't very straight backing out all right now pull forward not too fast and then uh you ought to break a little so that was more my deal but to be perfectly honest the public school system um had more to do with them sure. learning to drive than me or my wife, either one. Does does teaching driver's ed have any parallels to coaching a high-level Division One college football program? I think it does. i got a good friend, a good friend of mine, and this guy's iconic. This guy's like uh, uh, kind of a local uh, regional hero in South Florida. Okay, so Jerry Hughes, former legendary football coach, Throughout South Florida, he coached at Miami High, coached at several of them down there, and then also uh, coached at Key West High School. Okay, so he's always been a driver's ed teacher, and you know, in between, so he's a, a drive. And even now, he doesn't coach anymore, but still does driver's ed. <laughs> and and he's the perfect guy because I mean, to have for a driver's ed teacher because. He wouldn't notice much of anything, just sort of cruise along, along drink his coffee or whatever, you know. And um, he'd be perfect. But, uh, you know, but Jerry, you know, Jerry, like most football coaches, uh, has no problem telling someone what they need to hear instead of what they want to hear. And driving, I think, is a critical 
enough thing with other people involved as far as doing it safely um, that I think you need a guy like that. Uh, I would get extremely bored being a driver's ed teacher. It would drive me crazy. But Jerry still is a driver's ed teacher. And, you know, there's, oh, God, there's got to be, there's got to be thousands of people on the roads right now um, that learn to drive with Jerry. He's including my son. My son, when we were down in Key West for two years, my son, uh, uh, Jerry Hughes, uh, taught my son to drive. And so he's like uh, the ultimate kind of uh, knowledgeable yet gruff, crusty uh, <laughs> football coach and master's driver's ed instructor. Mike Leach with us. A few minutes, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, I want to ask you about the, the living room. It's that time of year. It's early signing period. You're out recruiting. Uh, what's your approach in the living room with a, with a prospect? And who did you, you learn the art of recruiting from? Who, who's been some really dynamic folks uh, that, that you've been around? And, you know, you've done a marvelous job through your career of landing high-profile talent, but also finding guys and developing really good football players. Well, I think when you go into a living room, I think um, I think you, when you go into the living room, I think the biggest thing is is uh, um, act like you belong there. I mean, adjust uh, the people in the living room. It's their living room. I mean, don't mess with their TV or anything like that. I mean, <laughs> but uh, make make yourself at home, and then um, and then. Uh, uh, but, you know, I mean, some guys come in just so wound up and uptight, I mean, where you're not going to belong anywhere. Yeah. And then um, I never wear a coat and tie. You know, you're already there's a little bit of a distance separation. You know, they see you on TV, and now I'm going to come in in some really uptight coat and tie. I never do that. You know, you try to, like I say, dress like you belong in the living room. Mm-hmm. And so you want something kind of neutral, I think. And then... You know, and just carry on the conversation, learn about one another. I think that's probably the most important thing because um, on the visit and the phone calls, you learn a lot about the X's and O's and things of that nature. I think uh, uh, I've had, well, I've been around some, some uh, you know, great recruiters. Uh, and I thought Hal Mummy was a really good recruiter. Uh, um, but, uh, and then, um, you know, when I was coming up and, and then I thought that, you know, uh, of course, uh, Bob Stoops and his staff were really good recruiters. And then now I did uh, become a head coach quick enough that I didn't have a ton of mentors in this, but I know that, um, um, you know, the one thing everybody thinks kind of the, super salesman, slick car dealer type of guy is the best recruiter. I know some of the most kind of boring's not the right word, but kind of understated, Mm -hmm. just the facts, only football type of football coaches who are great recruiters. And the one quality that all really good recruiters have is persistence there's i know some of those really slick sharp looking guys terrible recruiters 
and I know some some of the most dour looking, uh, you know, grumpy football coach types. Great recruiters. Uh, the one thing all great recruiters have in common is persistence. Just persistence, you know, because you never know which call, which conversation, which letter uh, is going to strike a chord. Persistence. Nothing replaces persistence. And then after that, you just got to be yourself. Those that are trying to not be themselves, I think, damage their efforts. Um, but, uh, and then uh, talent on the phone is good um, because, you know, that's what uh, you're allowed to do the most, you know, if you think about over the, like as far as uh, being close to somebody and think you're allowed to do the most often and the longest, it's the phone. And um, so people that are, are good on the phone, and that you can just, uh, you know, just hammer away. Not necessarily long, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, anything in particular, but persistence and good on the phone. Coach Mike Leach is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, let's say you're in a recruit's living room and you're 15, 20 minutes in the conversation, you just feel something isn't going right. Do you have any Coach Leach-approved, tried-and-true methods to get that in-home visit back on track? Sometimes uh, um, it kind of depends what, but I think um, the more you can get the recruit and their family talking, uh, one, the less likely that is to happen. Two, that's probably the best uh, chance of getting it back on track. Uh, get them talking, listen to what they want, listen to uh, what they're looking for, listen to, you know, and then I think it's important to let them talk as much as they can anyway. You know, the truth of the matter is people like to talk. They like it when they get to talk. Even shy people like it when they get to talk. And um, don't just open the door. Um for them to talk, but try to coax them to talk because I do think that strengthens a thing and, and I do think a relationship's stronger, you know, both sides if there's dialogue, you know. It's a pirate Mike Leach. Uh, more with Coach Leach. We continue on Hale Varsity presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Couple more minutes. Mike Leach with us. Uh, Mississippi State taking on Illinois, uh, January second. The Reliant Quest Bowl. Coach, are, are you going to tour the the old pirate ship, or have you toured the pirate ship at Raymond James Stadium? I never have. I've always wanted to. What is it? Is it just kind of a prop on the side of the stadium, or does it have some stuff? I mean, is there? Uh, quarters you can stay there. Do they have like uh, don't know if you swords can... you can swing around up there? Maybe a hat you wear when you're there. I would think uh, that that you can fire a cannon or two. Obviously a prop, probably. But I mean, it looks like uh, a, a normal pirate ship. I would inquire though about just camping out there, stay, stay the night. I'd inquire about its seaworthiness. Yeah, <laughs> is <laughs> it serve grog? I mean, do they have? Uh... I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. 
I definitely want to. Well, that'll be that'll be cool. Thoughts on Illinois? Uh, we saw Illinois here in Lincoln uh, in October, and, and Coach uh, Bielema has done a, a really nice job. Should be a pretty physical matchup. Well, he's a great guy, and I've known him for a long, long time. And of course, was a good player too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very physical. That they're a lot. They're a lot like Coach Bielema. Mm-hmm. You know, they're. Uh, um, you know, just kind of a physical group on both sides of the ball. Coach, a thought. Do you know much, or have you had any interactions with Matt Rule? Yeah, I know him a little bit. Good guy. Uh, yeah, good guy. I think I think you'll enjoy him. I, I've always thought he's a good coach. I mean, you know, I don't know what happened at Carolina. What I, I suspect that, you know, the NFL has a funny way of cluttering things up uh to the point where it doesn't work. And then, uh, and you know, I mean, who knows whose fault that was. And I certainly uh, wouldn't blame uh, Matt right off the top. I think I've always thought he's a great guy. Look, he's resurrected a bunch of programs. You know, the hardest thing in the world to do, I mean, resurrecting Temple and Baylor. I mean, now everybody takes it for granted Baylor's going to be good. Well, Matt Rule made it where people think that Baylor's going to be good. You were able to, to to really do well at Tech, and you did well at, at Oklahoma, recruiting Texas as well. But but Matt went in there as a guy that that didn't really have much contact in the state of Texas, and people swear by him. Yeah, now that's really overrated. One of the most overrated things on earth. Now Texas has great uh, high school football. Mm-hmm. Great high school football, maybe the best in the country, um, uh, and they're more committed to it too. And anything uh, people as industrious as the people in Texas are are committed to is going to be pr- uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then there's a false notion that well, you can't recruit Texas unless you're from Texas. Well, think about how ridiculous that is. I mean, guy after guy leaves the state of Texas, goes and plays somewhere else. You don't need to be from the state of Texas to recruit someone from the state of Texas. And then the other thing, if you just add it up, most people aren't from the state of Texas. Okay. Uh, You know, like, like, for example, the guy you're talking to or the coach you're talking to, maybe he was born in Texas. But odds are reasonably high that one or both of his Parents were not born in the state of Texas. <laughs> Texas has always been a place that's very much like the U.S., where people move in, move out, mm-hmm. come and go all the time. So, and then of course, I think you know, as people take pride in the in the high school football there and uh, and the dedication they have to it, then they want to, you know, it, sometimes they get over their skis and try to make it a little more special and. Well, the only people that can recruit them is have to be from Texas. Uh, no, Texas is, is like everybody, you know. Else, I mean, there's stuff that's important. There's stuff that's not, and and you know they are tough and and uh, smart and committed, and and so other tough, smart, and committed people from anywhere can recruit somebody from Texas. So we're back to the first thing we started with, which is uh, persistence. Coach, uh, have you had much time uh, or interaction with Deion Sanders? I know he's leaving Jackson State for Colorado, but uh, you and Lane and Coach Prime down in, in Mississippi this past couple of seasons. 
Oh, I, I've known him for a while. I like him a lot. <clears throat> I've always been <clears throat> impressed. I mean, you talked about uh, uh, <clears throat> one of America's achievers, you know. Um, plays football like 14 years, and nine of them's playing uh, Major League Baseball simultaneously. I mean, everybody forgets that. Can you imagine that, you know, long NFL season? Well, but but before that, you played 162 games. Sometimes he played a few uh, less and got right into uh, got into football a little earlier. But uh, I mean, that that's amazing. That's not just a myth. That's crazy amazing. And then the sharp guy uh, has a plan. Uh, I think I think he's going to do well. But I like him. He's a smart guy. And the other thing is, is you know, if you think about it, I mean, he's he's dedicated. He's dedicated to this. I mean, uh, Deion Sanders doesn't have to be coaching football. I mean, he can do anything he wants right now. I mean, anything. And uh, yet he decides, you know, he wants to coach football and you know ele- elevate players, let them uh, help them reach their potential and uh, compete and <clears throat> create great teams. And so. You know, there's a guy that's really committed, somebody that doesn't have to do it, but's going to go ahead and do it anyway. Coach, we'll end with this. It's the Christmas season. Uh, holiday parties and dressing up as Santa. Have you ever been to a holiday party where Santa showed up, and have you ever had to play Santa? No, not – oh, wait, 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 way back, way back in grade school. I was in a school play where I was Santa. Uh, let me think. Yeah, I was Santa. What else, too? Let's see. Uh, I didn't really play Santa. And no, I, I I need to get out more. You know, part of it is, is we got bowls in practice then, but then not a lot of costume-driven parties, you know. I don't know. Maybe a, it, it wouldn't be bad, bad to take a lap through uh, – a Santa suit party, you know, male, female Santa suit party. Um, who knows what may go on afterwards, but just take a quick lap and get in and get out and just get the quick visual, you know, and then uh, stay out of harm's way, you know. Coach, while we're talking Christmas, it is the season of giving. I want to get your thoughts on this. I know we said last stop, but I just got one more quick one for you. What do you make of your quarterback, Will Rogers, uh, giving a gift to the head coach's son at your at your rival, Knox Kiffin asked for the towel after the Egg Bowl. What would you make of that? Well, that's fine. I mean, uh, I heard about it secondhand, and these guys could ask for their clothes, their towels, everything else. Some of these guys are more generous than others. I, it was funny because some of those kids, I mean, and they'll go far as adults. I mean, uh, some of those kids have everything from, you know, like gloves to mouthpieces to, you know, I mean, just an amazing collection of equipment, you know, <laughs> that, that, like like incredible stuff. And, and from both sides, I mean, th- those guys will hire me someday. <laughs> Mike Leach with us. Coach, Merry Christmas. Best to you and your family. We'll uh, get caught up again. And uh, But good luck in your bowl game. Always fun spending time with you today. Well, thank you and Merry Christmas to you. Good to take time with the Pirate, Mike Leach. Extended sit-down with the Pirate. Always good to get caught up with him. What's the latest on Malachi Coleman? We'll tell you next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. 
We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio is presented by Current Currency for all your equipment. Financing needs go currency. Busy show. We had uh, plenty on Tony White. Mr. White, the new defensive coordinator per Pete Thamel, uh, is head of the Lincoln from Syracuse. A good hour. So if you're a podcast fan of Hale Varsity Radio, we are Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, audio-wise, the video portion of the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. So check both of those options out. Shows segmentized or just one big block. Uh, so... Do with that as you will, but uh, about the first hour we hammer the uh, the the new DC higher. and the three three five defense and the three three five. So uh, it's actually quasi entertaining. It's not because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a ringing about, endorsement of your own show, <laughs> right? It's it's quasi entertainment talking about the three three five, right? But hey, thanks to all of you who've interacted with us here on on YouTube TV and the emails and the Streamyard. Hour two, Coach Barnett, the uh, in-depth double-secret search slash acquisition of Coach Prime. Coach Barnett's one of three men that was on the the buff board that helped make this hire. So uh, how they landed Prime, it's a pretty interesting story from Coach Barnett. And then uh, a couple of segments with the Pirate himself, Coach Leach. Really good uh, truth serum from him on recruiting. Right, he's in the living room. We know how quirky the pirate is, uh, dear friend of the show for a lot of years, and he's kind of laid out how it works for him. On top of wanting to go to a a, a a Santa costume party. Well, I'm just imagining him sitting in my living room if I was a recruit, and him just like you know going off on his old Chevy that he had back in Iowa, and then talking about going to Santa to a Christmas party. He used like. to have to ride a bike because his car would break down. From when he was coaching at Iowa we- Iowa Westland mm-hmm. to to go teach Sunday school, so the Pirates, pretty good. What a story he has, though, from like lawyer to high school baseball coach. To, I'm pretty good at this whole coaching thing, and he went off one time on all the people calling him up, trying to shake him down for student loan money. Like he was, he's like before I made it big. I mean, I was getting hammered. He's he. You have to look back. This is about four or five years ago, an interview he did with us, and. He's talking about how he'd rather do time than than deal with another phone call from on student student loan payments. <laughs> Give me a week in jail. <laughs> Give me a week in jail. I'll be fine. It's better than getting another student loan call. We'll get uh, caught up with him after the new year. Get his take on uh, season five of Yellowstone. We love talking Yellowstone with Coach Leach. Uh, Malachi Coleman has been busy. Uh, you have Coach Brewster from Coach Prime's staff. Uh, an on-site visit today at uh, Lincoln East. Also, Syracuse University on-site today to do a, an, an in-school visit with Malachi Coleman. So, some good insights, too, uh, on uh, Coach Rule and Texas recruiting from Mike Lee. I know Malachi has really set that, that date if he wants to be committed by the early signing day, but I wonder if he ends up pushing it back to the late signing day. That is a nice thing to have in your back pocket whenever – you know, the, the school you're committed to ends up making a coaching change. You can draw it out a little bit more. He, I think he wants to be that, that early enrollee that can go and uh, get spring ball out of the way right away. But I wouldn't be shocked if he were to push it back. He, uh, Jay Harbaugh, Michigan, also in town today. Mm-hmm. 
to see Malachi Coleman. Thanks for your time. Thanks for spending it with us here at Hale Varsity. Tomorrow, Henry Lutowski joins the show. Bill Dolman and Brady Oltman. A Huda Media Production.